0: Hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to a Bing Crosby show from the nineteen uh, from 1947, 65 years ago. Uh, today's episode stars George Jessel, a uh, wonderful comic who um, I've talked before. Uh, didn't cross over in radio, television. So forth, as much as so many of his contemporaries uh, Bob hope Jack Benny uh, burns and Allen all of those folks and I'm not sure exactly why humor I guess didn't catch on quite as theirs did or something anyway um, it's always fun to have him on the shows I do like his guest appearances he just never had as big of like a a central hit, as the rest of them, and I think if you mention his name to, you know, most anyone, they're going to have an easier time recognizing and remembering Jack Benny or Bob Hope or, or uh, uh, you know, a lot of other performers, Bing Crosby, you know, all of that sort of thing. So uh, anyway, it's fun to have him, and it's fun to enjoy him, and we, and this is why you see him on so many guest stars on Jack Benny's show, on Bob Hope's show, on Bing Crosby's show because he was a comedian's comedian and and he would be if you were going to have a uh when someone give toasts and things at, at at a at a comedy club or something that he would have him do that he was he was kind of the MC a lot of times of a lot of um, gatherings of comedians anyway now we take the <laughs> enjoy that now we take the podcast in a totally different direction If you like my Left of Field podcast, well, here you go. This one's way out there. The only connection to Bing Crosby on this is probably, uh, I don't know, recorded sound or something. Anyway, so feel free to fast forward if you wish, but uh, here we go. I want to talk for a second about Paul McCartney and ethics. I don't know who else to talk about with this, so I'm talking about it with you folks, and maybe you can email me and tell me your thoughts on this. Um, here's the deal. I love the Beatles and Paul McCartney every bit as much as I love old-time radio, maybe even more. Okay, but I can't see doing a Paul McCartney podcast or something all the time, because so, there's just not enough to cover, and also legally... Uh, it's not in the public domain and everything like this stuff is. But anyway, having said that, Paul has a new album coming out in February to go kind of with Valentine's Day, which is very, very cool. Well, this uh, new album of Paul's is called Kisses on the Bottom. I know what you're saying. That's a crazy album title. He's pushing the bounds and all these things, okay. It's really not. I mean, it, it, it's the first song is about writing a letter. Uh, it's a uh, historic song that he's singing. And part of the song lyric is about kisses on the bottom, which means, you know, how, how at the bottom of a letter, you might put X's and O's for hugs and kisses. And that's what it's referring to. Now, granted, it's got a, a double entendre to it uh, <laughs> that makes it more questionable, I suppose. But anyway, that's what he decided to go with uh, for a title for this album. Now, this album is uh, a bunch of, uh, not standards so much. I mean, they are standards, but they are, it's not, it's not like uh, a lot of artists do a, a full-blown kind of big band uh, standards album a la Rod Stewart or Linda Ronstad. Uh, and that's not what this is. This is uh, more of a jazz, definitely jazz-flavored album. I believe someone said he was using Dinah Krall's uh, backing band. Anyway, uh, so, so if you're into jazz at all or into Paul McCartney at all, if you kind of like the Sting stuff that Sting has done over the years, I think you might like this. It's really different from Paul McCartney. <laughs> Give me so much information. Well here's the thing. Uh, also, um, what I'm hearing is that uh, folks are thinking this might be a, a, a time when Paul McCartney could get to number one on the charts for the first you know week it's released or something for his first time in a long time. So I guess if, you're, if you've ever wanted to be a Paul McCartney fan and you want to pick up an album Why don't you pick it up the first week this is out so that maybe Paul gets number one. That would be very nice. Also kind of a romantic CD. It's all like love songs and so forth. Maybe a good thing to give to your significant other, perhaps. The only thing I'll say is don't think of it as a standard Paul McCartney album because even his vocal is done differently. It's a very soft, jazzy vocal that he gives to the songs. Now, all of this is to get to where I wanted to go. Uh, The album doesn't come out officially until the first week of February. But I don't know if you know this, but if you know the places to look on the internet, always six weeks to a month before an album comes out, you can usually find a leaked copy that someone has leaked out of this album, of, of anybody, including Paul McCartney. Well. I found a leaked copy of this and I love Paul so much I just wanted to listen to it so I downloaded it and have listened to it and you know I like it. It's a, it's, for me it works as an album. I love when he's trying different things and being more diverse instead of having every album sound like every other album. I think that's really cool. Uh, but my dilemma is this. How ethical? I know it's illegal <laughs> for me to do this probably, but how ethical is it Considering I'm a huge fan, I have a hard time waiting for the album to actually come out. I'm buying the album anyway. So the album is ordered on Amazon, going to come to me, all of that. Um, Is it ethical for me to download it ahead of time so I can listen to it as a a true fan? Don't share it with anybody else. Don't uh, do anything with it. I'll destroy the files after I get the album and all that because I want to record my own in higher quality anyway. So... So that's my dilemma. <laughs> Is this ethical at all, or am I, because I keep on justifying it because, hey, I'm buying it anyway, I'm, I'm just kind of getting in a, an earlier copy than I normally would get. That's all. Um, what do you think? Is that okay? Should I have the patience to wait until February to get this like everyone else? I don't know. Um, so I, guess I, <laughs> I guess that's where I'll leave it. Anyway, and like I said, the only tie-in to Bing Crosby might be that Paul's like an older performer, like Bing was in time, and he's kind of our generation's Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra, where you keep buying or getting his stuff years after he's past being a pop idol or anything like that. Um... And I, I just really enjoy that he keeps putting out music. And I'd say this last decade for Paul McCartney has been uh, for me one of my very favorite decades, especially the last past five or six years, the past half decade. I mean, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, and Memory Almost Full, and uh, Electronic Arguments are two of, or three <laughs> of the best albums I think he's ever released. I think they they are definitely the three best albums in a row Paul has ever released. He almost always has a clunker in there somewhere, so I'm just delighted with his current releases. And this one, though it's not, it's kind of a side project. It's kind of different. Uh, I still really like it. And then this summer we're supposed to be getting another Paul McCartney album, supposedly of, of more of a pop uh, album like his normal, a normal Paul McCartney release. Um, I'm just amazed that when you look at it over these last years, he's more prolific, releasing more material than he ever has. I think that's partially because he's uh, got... I think his kids are grown. Um, Certainly a decade ago, his wife died. Um, and So I think that changed things a little bit. Now he's just gotten remarried again, and congratulations to him, and I hope they live a great life. I just hope she doesn't stop him from releasing music, because I love to hear, hear new music coming from Paul McCartney every few years. Uh, actually, now, every number of months. I think with this last release, if you average it out, I think he's got a new release in the past half decade or so of an album coming out every like 13 months. So almost once a year. And that's just... Hardly anybody does that anymore. Everybody does, you know, an album every three years or an album every two years or something. But you go, Paul. Keep going. And you guys write me at buckbennyotr at gmail.com to tell me if it's okay what I'm doing or if you think it's wrong. And uh, if you're a Paul McCartney fan or not, and we'll talk to you later. Uh, Crazy podcast, but hey, had to talk to somebody and you're all out there and heck... Anyway, talk to you next time. Bye bye.
1: <laughs> when the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me.
2: Welcome to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter, his orchestra and chorus, Skitch Henderson, Lena Omai, and Bing's guests, the famous group that have been trying to get Richard to open that door, Jack McVeigh and his all-stars, and George Jessel. Now if uh, Mr. C will put down that book he reading We can get going So I took
3: four bows in Hollandia uh, 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 bang bing, and... bing, bing, well, bing, This is a very interesting tome It's Bob Hope's new book, so this is peace
2: Oh, but, uh, bing, Bob's book's been out for some time Why are you just reading it now?
3: It took me till now to get a free copy, Ken. Oh, you? I
2: see
3: <laughs> Had to give him four Philcos and an old broken-down filly of mine
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got off easy <laughs> You know, Bing, I think Bob is a very talented writer You are right He's
3: another Edgar Allan Pugh
4: He <laughs> That's a good book.
3: It really is. It's a darn I g- I gotta lay it aside now, however, and get to work unless I wanna collect my loot from Pepsident this week. Shall we zip through Zippity Doo-Dah gang? Zippity.
1: Zippidi doo-dah, zippity. My oh my, what a wonderful day.
4: Plenty of sunshine
1: heading my way, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay, Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder, it's the truth, it's actual, everything is satisfactual, zippity-doo-dah, (laughs) zippity-yay, wonderful feeling, wonderful day.
4: Wonderful bottle. Wonderful bottle. wonderful
3: bottle.
4: Wonderful day.
3: Sunshine, my way. D-a-d-a.
1: My, oh, my, ah, what wonderful
3: bottle.
1: wonderful
5: bottle. How wonderful wonderful bottle. How wonderful bottle.
1: How wonderful a wonderful
3: in my way, Mr. Bluebird, on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's actual, everything is
1: satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay, wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Zippity-doo, dah zippity doo dah
5: doo,
2: That number is from Walt Disney's Song of the South Based on the famous Uncle Remus stories, isn't it?
3: Yes, it is, Ken But uh, why the sudden interest in Uncle Remus? Is it commercial time in the briar patch?
2: <laughs> Say, that reminds me, Bing. I thought it would, yes <laughs> Reminds me about the Philco 1201 The easiest radio phonograph in the world to spin your records on Being that 1201 is so automatic you can play it blindfolded
3: Blindfolded? I'd like to see you read a commercial that way.
2: (laughs) Then you can put a blindfold on me right now and I could go on talking about Philco's for two hours.
3: Well, if you do, we're all going to tiptoe out of the room on you, Ken. Oh, don't do that. But you're getting very sneaky. Gee whiz, you start out talking about Uncle Remus and the first thing you know, you slip in some talk about the marvelous Philco 1201 and the... uh, Amazing new automatic way to play records you, you just slide your record in and it plays mm-hmm. No needles to change That's right. No tone arm to touch
2: Yeah. How'd
3: I get involved in all this? <laughs> <laughs> just come over me Well, I'm Bing, at...
2: you like everybody else Have got to be enthusiastic about the 1201 And it's the newest invention From Philco, the leader
3: bending over the Baldwin just now, I perceive Master Skits Henderson ready to assist me in the ballad, If You Were the Only Girl in the World. I shall essay the opening chorus whilst Skits can be thinking of something interesting to interpolate. If you
1: were the only girl in the world and I were the only Nothing else would matter in the world today. We could go on loving in the same old way. A garden of Eden just made for two. With nothing to mar our joy I would say such wonderful things to you There would be such wonderful things to do If you were the only girl in the world And I were the only Garden of Eden Just made for two With nothing to mar a joy I would say Such wonderful things to you There would be Such wonderful things to do If you were the only girl In the
4: world
1: And I
3: of the evening is a pleasant task indeed. This man is as theatrical as the spotlight that has been shining on him, lo, these many years. Actor, writer, producer, raconteur extraordinaire, favorite toastmaster of presidents, my pal of the paddock, ladies and gentlemen, here is George Jessel.
6: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen And, Bing, as I stood in the offing And listening to your glowing and gracious words of introduction A warm feeling swept over me A feeling that seemed to say to me That surely, behind this fine and generous tribute There must be lurking a few
3: dollars for me (laughs) (laughs) I know you're kidding, Georgie But uh, I'm sure we can work something out later Mm, I heard you a few weeks ago on Eddie Cantor's program Uh, What did he give you? (laughs) Now, Bing, (laughs) uh...
6: uh... (laughs) Look, what Cantor gave me, they haven't invented a drug to cure yet (laughs) No, I mean, how much money did he give you, George? Shall I tell you the truth? Yeah Gave me six dollars, portal to portal (laughs) But Bing, seriously, do you Uh. realize how many long years it is since you and I trod the boards together?
3: All I know is, George, that we were a smash Yes Paramount Theater, New York, right? That's right,
6: and the year was 1930
3: You have a very inconvenient memory
6: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget you What a sight you were, Bing toddling in the theater With a big round hoop under your arm Mm -hmm. Little square hat on your head And those crooked dice in your pocket
3: (laughs) Uh, Those dice were made of sugar, (laughs) Joe
6: They didn't make any sugar for me, I remember (laughs) But really, Bing I still have a most vivid picture of you And the first time I met you There was something in your eyes I'm just trying to recall what it was Hair (laughs) Bing, things are bad all over But you were a young kid then And, well, I was young, too
3: George, in 1930, everybody was young
6: That's right (laughs)
3: However, the intervening years have brought you success, George Brought you renown You are now a producer at 20th Century Fox You have attained the pinnacle of a motion picture career Well, not quite There's Hmm? one thing that's
6: missing One thing that would make me feel that I have not passed this way in vain
3: You mean you want your footprints in the forecourt of Grauman's Chinese Theater? No, I want the popcorn machine in the lobby. (laughs) You aspire high, George, high. But, bon chance, good luck. Merci bien, monsieur. (laughs) But really...
6: Really, being working with you after all these years recalls to my mind what I said when I first saw you on the stage at the Paramount Theater. I knew it right away. I said, this fellow is a success. You know why? Because you had a distinct style. You had it then, you have it now.
3: You're wrong, George. I lost those dice long ago. No, no, no. <laughs> long ago. No, 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 you're too modest. It's not about the dice. I'm talking about your singing. Speaking you... of singing styles, we have a group with us tonight that develop tunes in their own particular way. Have you heard Jack McVeigh and his all-stars in their now-famous recording of Open the Door, Richard? Open the door, Richard. This is a song? Appears to be, Georgie. <laughs> and it appears to have caught on as one of the big novelty tunes of the year. We have Jack McVeigh and his cohorts here tonight to do Open the Door, Richard in person. Ready to knock it, Mr. C. Say, Jack, they tell me that Dick's been a little adamant about twisting the hardware for you. Hmm? Yeah,
7: but maybe you can jump in and help us tonight. You might get him to lift the latch.
3: I'm around I'll be available. Available Crosney, they call me.
7: Old band's been on a little party tonight. My friend Richard went home early. He's got the only key to the house. Got to knock on the door, see if I can get in. Open the door, Richard. Don't know what's the matter with Richard. You know, he sleeps in the back room and it's kind of hard to hear. Better knock on the door again. Say Richard, I'll bump the door, man. <laughs> What's wrong with that fella? Got to try him one more time, I guess. Open the door,
1: door. Richard. Open the door
7: and let me in. Open the door, Richard. Richard, why don't you open that door?
1: Open the door, Richard. Open the door and let me in.
7: Open the door, Richard. Richard. Richard, why don't you open that door? <laughs> Say, Richard, open up the door, man. It's cold out here in this air. oh. There's that woman across the street. <laughs> looking out the window. Every time I'm late, she's just looking at that. Where's he been? Where's he been? Trying to find out what's happening. Trying to find out what's happening. <laughs> Yes, it's me, and I'm little again. But, well, Jack, did you hear what the lady said? What would she say, Rayburn? She said, Oh, my, if it was only mine. What happened? I'd hit him in the head
4: with
7: the frying pan. <laughs> 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 say, babe. Hi. Have you got a key to my front door? No, I don't have no key, Jack. I got no key. Maybe Richard's gone. Well, I know he's in there. How do you know he's in there? I can hear him breathing. <laughs> Maybe we better knock one more time. Something might happen here. Hey Richard, open up the door, man. I don't know what's the matter with Richard? I know Richard's in there because I got on a
4: suit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try
7: him one more time, Gabe.
1: Open the door, Richard.
3: Open the door and let me
1: in. Open
3: the door, Richard. Richard, why don't you open that door? Open the door, Richard. Open the door and let me in. Open the door, Richard. Richard? Richard, why don't you open that door? Come on, Rich, now open that door, man. Yeah That's very solid Jack McVeigh and ensemble And thank you Don't you agree George? Well I think That's a mighty Catch-it
6: number But uh <laughs> I must confess Bing that I am partial To a more delicate And romantic type Of entertainment Something with charm And loveliness Grace and beauty
8: Buenas noches senores
6: This is what I mean Bing <laughs> She'll do huh? Definitely Definitely Buenas noches senorita Buenas noches My name is Jessel George Jessel And it so happens That I live all by myself In a big house Down at the beach
8: how do you do, Mr. Jessel? My name is Lena and I live in a small house in Westwood with my mother, father, three aunts, and a bulldog.
3: <laughs>
6: adios, senorita, adios.
3: Uh, my name is Bing Crosby. I live in a medium house in Bel Air, and those four little fellows out in front aren't to tie your horses to. <laughs> <laughs> But now that we know where everybody lives, shall we, like the sponsor says, put a little life into the program? Hmm?
6: <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, Bing, because it leads me to business. I happen to have with me a scenario that I'd like to interest you in.
3: A screenplay, huh? What's the title?
6: Bessie Burke from Bolivia.
4: <laughs>
6: Sounds like a natural for Lena. And for you, too, Bing. And now it opens with a fanfare. And then on the screen comes George Jessel presents Daryl Afzanik. LAUGHTER Daryl should love that billing. What next? <laughs> the George Jessel production, produced by Daryl Evzanic. Bessie Burke from Bolivia, produced by Daryl Evzanic. You said that. Not enough. <laughs> Try to get you in razor's edge, maybe later, do. <laughs> now here's the cast of characters. Lena Ramai plays Chiquita, the Bolivian bombshell. Wait a minute, I thought the girl's name was Bessie. Listen, Why? Chiquita, this may be Spanish for Bessie. Who knows? Who knows? I, I-, I once had an Uncle Morris Bloom. He was
3: Chinese. You can't tell. <laughs> <help. laughs> No Anyway, Georgie, who am I in the picture? Carmen Lombardo, yes No, no Go Then Bin you
6: play the part of M. Bingalito The Bolivian Banana King A prince of a fellow Oh, I have a
3: lot of money, but I'm one of the bunch, huh? <laughs> this is something you got left over from Hope, I <laughs> think <yeah. laughs>
6: Anyway, I will play the part of Professor Julius T. Labermacher A Czechoslovakian scientist this is a wonderful professor He has invented a fountain pen That writes on the sour cream
4: <laughs>
6: Now, in the opening scene Chiquita is singing The theme song of the picture Brazil Brazil? Georgie, Bolivia and Brazil Are two different countries Who are you? Joel Kupperman?
4: <laughs>
6: What's the difference As long as it's in technical Have it your way Lena, are you
4: ready? Yes Brazil <laughs>
8: Brasil, meu Brasil brasileiro, meu mulato insonheiro, vou cantar-te dos meus versos, oh Brasil samba que dá. Vamos no faz fastinga, oh Brasil, no meu amor, terra de nosso Senhor, Brasil, Pra mim, Brasil, pra mim, Brasil, Brasil. 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 abre a cortina do passado, tira mais e preto do cerrado. Bota un no con un congado Brasil, Brasil Deja, canta de nuevo, trovador Andere, corre a luz, a lúa Toda canta, don mio amor Queiro verás a dona caminando Pelos lo es arrastando El seu vestido rendado Brasil para mim Brasil para mim Brasil Where hearts were entertaining June We stood beneath an amber moon And softly murmured some day soon we kissed And clung together Deja cantar de novo trovador A melencorria corre a lua Toda canta lo mio amor Queiro benassadona caminando belo salu esta restando vestido rendado brasil pra mim brasil brasil oh.
3: Bonita chiquita, Mia I bring you a bunch of bananas Eat them and you'll be gay As a little monkey
8: Oh, but eating all this monkey food I am afraid if we get married Ah,
3: then you do think of marrying me
8: Oh, yes But I feel it is not to be Papa has promised my hand To Professor Lapomacha From Czechoslovakia The professor does not hear good And yes. he is very nearsighted But Papa says I love him
3: Oh, here he comes through the gate now
8: <laughs> <laughs> Over here, Professor,
6: right Oops. Ah!
3: There you are, my
6: beautiful Chiquita.
3: Kiss me.
4: Oh.
3: <laughs> Get your mustache out of my nostrils, you old bat. Bad
6: bat, bad bat, bat. You are speaking to Professor Julius T. Lavamacher Who you are? I am El Bingalito <laughs> <laughs> You are crossed by the croon and our fire's Oliver. I, I
8: am over here, Professor. Come,
6: Chiquita. Put my arms around you. Where you are. Very, my guy. Very.
4: <laughs>
3: Chiquita, you better go inside. There's a storm coming up. Richard, open the door.
4: <laughs>
6: Professor, that is thunder. Don't make so much noise about it. Can you ride maybe on the sour cream? All right, I apologize. You try it and see how far you get. In the small town where I live, I am the champion middleweight of the place, champion of Yenem's Pipic, That's who I am. And I am the first one picked out to be knocked out with my brains if I'm fighting anybody.
3: (laughs) Congratulations. You made it.
8: I am sorry, Professor, but whatever it is my father says I feel for you, I no feel.
6: This girl has a dialect.
8: (laughs) Love song.
6: Yes, we will sing our love song. Say, I got an idea. Why don't you two kids sing a love song? That's what we're going to do right now. Oh, you wouldn't do it. Huh? Well, <laughs> goodbye
3: and thank you for your kind extension. Okay. Muchas <laughs> Viena con las <laughs> guitarras. <laughs> Señorita, me
4: voy.
1: Te te quiero mucho, él también me quiere, borrachita, me voy hasta la
4: capital para servir al
1: patrón.
4: Me mandó
8: llamar antes de ayer. Ya te quise traer,
1: ya te quise traer. Dijo
8: que no, Dijo
1: que no,
8: que si había de llorar, ¿para qué volver?
4: Yo citar me voy
1: hasta la capital
4: para servir al patrón que me manda
6: What's that? Crosby? Who do I see from the agency? Who give me some money? Money later, Professor. Right now, we got to hustle a few Philco radios. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Of course, Professor, and hustling Philco radios is actually a cinch. All we've got to do is to get the listeners to go hear them. Because you can hear the difference the minute you dial a new Philco. More zip and sparkle. Less noise and interference than ever before. And that goes for your records, too. Wait till you hear them played by Philco's patented dynamic reproducer. Here's another first from the Philco Laboratories. It's the same type tone arm used by the best broadcasting studios, and now adapted to your home radio for the first time in the history of recorded music. No needles to change. You just lean back and listen to thrilling new beauty in your favorite records.
6: Hey, one second, one second, Crosby. K- this fellow Carpenter, what is talking about? He's talking about Philco radios.
2: Philco radios. What Philco radios?
6: Philcos. Everybody knows what Philcos are. Then why is he telling everybody? Do they play on the sour cream? <laughs> what does
4: he? Well, no,
2: Professor. But this is front page news for record fans, and we're telling everyone that Philco is first again with another great new radio development. And remember, Philco is famous for quality the world over.
3: a holdover from 1946 and just as big in early 47.
1: I love you For sentimental reasons I hope you do believe me I'll give you my heart I love you And you alone were meant for me Please give your loving heart to me And say we'll never part I think of you every morning Dream of you every night Darling, I'm never lonely Whenever you're inside
3: gets it, but before I amble over to Vine Street for a jumbo hamburger and a lime cola, I want to thank George Jessel for dropping in tonight. Well, it was a great
6: pleasure, Bing, and I enjoyed talking over the old times with you. By the way, who's with you next week? Got a grand parley, Georgie. Bob
3: Hope and Dorothy Lamour will be with me. My goodness.
6: Well, that'll certainly give you a good rest, Bing. Why? Everybody looking at Lamour and Hope talking all the time, you can stay home and listen to the program
3: with me, don't you. <laughs> I think I better be on hand, Georgie Because I don't trust Hope with Lamour alone (laughs) I really don't Good night, George Good night, folks Good night, everybody
2: This program is produced and transcribed in Hollywood By Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie Lena Romai appears by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Producers of the Technicolor picture till the clouds roll by With an all-star cast including Judy Garland and Frank Sinatra Next week, Bob Hope and Dorothy L'Amour will be Bing's guests. And remember, only Philco makes the 1201. It's the newest invention in radio from Philco, the leader.
9: Alan Reed, the sportsman, Victor Miller in his orchestra, and starring the creator of the voice of Bugs Bunny. Mm. What's up, Dad? Yes, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blank Show, with Mel playing his new character, Zookie. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. everybody, everybody, everybody,
5: everybody uh... <laughs> Hi. And
9: starring himself in person, Mel Blank. Hiya, folks. <laughs> Conclusive proof that a young Swain has fallen in love with his lady fair is when he begins to see in her the close features of his family. For instance, in the little town where Mel Blanc lives, we hear Henry Adams saying to his girlfriend Susan, "Gosh, Susan, you're awfully pretty. You look just like my sister." And in another part of town, Roy Davis is saying to his girl, "You know, Shirley, you're lovely. You look just as my mother did when she was your age. And in the Colby house, where Mel Blank is sitting with his girlfriend, Betty, Mel is saying, gosh, Betty, you're very pretty. You look just like my uncle. (laughs) Last week, Mel, in an attempt to save the Colby family from eviction, pretended he was a Viennese doctor. However, the plan didn't work, and now we find Mel and Betty in Mel's fix-it shop talking about the incident. Gosh, everything was going fine, too. Until then, the doctor asked you where you studied yeah, and all I could think of was prinevite and flutin' gluten, gluten, gluten... Salzburg. <laughs> if only you hadn't said prinevite and flutin'
5: gluten...
9: <laughs> Can you imagine that guy never heard of a place called Salzburg? Oh, uh, by the way, Betty, I got a circular in the mail that your father might be interested in. Here it is. Oh, prefabricated housing. What does it say? Um, uh, by the Cracker Jack prefabricated house. Small, inconvenient, and poorly constructed. This is the ideal type of housing for veterans.
5: It's all right for you to joke, but Father and I will be living out in the
9: street if something doesn't happen. Or maybe even a cellar. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, living in a cellar? Sure, your father's always throwing me down the steps. Now let him try and throw me up. Mel, stop talking like that. You know, Father's beginning to like you. Why, just last night I heard him say, Mel, you can hang around the house all you want to. Yeah, but you didn't see him pointing to the rafter. <laughs> Speaking of the... Uh, here comes your father now. Oh, hello, Betty. Hello, Father. Mel Blank, you idiot. Hello, Mr. Colby. I gave you a cash register to fix for in my supermarket, and what did you do? Oh, oh, I meant to ask you, Mr. Colby, I'm missing a few parts from an old slot machine. I know that's an income poop. Morning, my cashier tried to ring up a twenty. Well, what happened? He got three cherries straight across.
4: <laughs> Gee, that's
9: too bad. That's terrible. The next customer hit the jackpot. <laughs> oh, but I can't be angry today. The bank is giving me a big loan. I'll be able to buy our house and we won't be evicted.
8: Father, that's wonderful.
9: Yes, that is. If everything goes well when Banker Grimes comes to the house tonight... I think I can impress Banker Grimes, and Betty can make a good impression on him. And you, Mel, can make a good impression, too. You really think so, Mr. Colby? Yes, yeah, on the sidewalk, if you don't stay away from my house. <laughs> All right, Mr. Colby, I can take a hint, and I won't... Hey, wait a minute. Banker Grimes is a very social man. He'd be very impressed if you had some rich foreign relatives. I don't have any rich foreign relatives. You do now. I'm a good actor. I can do it. Huh? I'll be your rich foreign relative. You mean you... Uh... You want the house? Well, yeah. Oh, you want to live in the street? That's the deal. Well, Mel, that's what I call quick thinking. I'll do anything to get that low. Oh, wait a minute! Here comes Professor Potchnik. Oh, hello, Professor Potchnik. Hello, hello. Well, if it ain't my four best friends, Mel, Betty, and Mister Colby. And Professor Potchnik, that's only three. What am I, an enemy? <laughs> well, we have to go, Professor Potchnik. Nice to have seen you. Come on, Betty. See you at nine, cousin. Mel, why are you looking so down faced? For why? Oh, I'm always talking out of turn. Professor, I'm afraid I promised Mr. Colby the impossible. Mal, there is no such word in the dictionary like impossible. Impossible, that's a bad word. Forget it. Could be. That is a word. T-U-U-U-L-A-D-B-E. Could be. Oh, but this is really impossible. I just told you there is no such word. You couldn't use it. Don't even think about the impossible. Now, what is the trouble? Well, I'm going to help Mr. Colby get a loan from Banker Grimes. So I got to make believe I'm some foreign relative who is rich and high class. That is impossible. (laughs) However, under Professor Potsnik's dramatic course, the impossible becomes could be. Now, I have two courses of teaching. The first is in ten easy lessons. And the other course? One hard lesson. We try the hard one. Now, first, we are impersonating a tough guy. You will listen, wise guy. See? From whom you're getting your vodka from whom? See? (laughs) Now, you do it. Okay. Give a listen, wise guy, see? From whom you're getting your vodka from whom, from home. huh? See? <laughs> ah, that's perfect. Now we try another type, the western type. yes. <laughs> Coming here, tax, you old... all. <laughs> I'm a reckoning the hanker to fixing up that whole corral. Give a hippie-hia in a home and the gas ray. <laughs> Take it, Pod. Uh, Pod, uh, Mel, that's you. Uh, Pod is western talk for rustler. Oh, all right. Coming here, thanks you all. Oh, wait a minute, Professor. This is all American. Well, frankly, Mel, on foreigners I am not so good. (laughs) But for you, I am trying. Now, make believe you are a count. The first thing you do is bow bow from the waist. Bow from the waist. Bow from the waist. I hope I do all right. Bow uh, from the waist. I can't wait till tonight. Uh, uh, a wow from the base. A uh, booster from
4: the wing. You cold get through powder. Keep smiling, just fine.
5: Use it each morning and use it each night. Don't take a chance with your eyes. Use Colgate's tooth
9: powder. Girls won't go out with a certain chap. A breath of trouble is his handicap. And as so often happens, the victim does not suspect that he has this breath of trouble. I mean unpleasing breath. Don't let it happen to you. Make it a daily must to do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate tooth powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice of any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on
5: powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth
9: Powder And now the sportsman Victor Miller and his orchestra with My Pretty Girl. My pretty
5: girl, my pretty girl, I'm always dreaming of you my pretty girl, my pretty girl, my darling, how I love you. Promise me you will never leave me. Promise, promise, you will never leave me. Promise, promise, you will not deceive me. Oh, my pretty girl. Please give me just one kiss, one sweet kiss. You won't live, for your kiss brings a clear to my lonely heart. My pretty girl, my pretty girl, I'm always dreaming of you. My pretty girl, my pretty girl, my darling, how I love you. Promise me, promise you will never leave me. Promise me, promise you me. will never leave me. Promise me. promise you will me. not deceive me, oh, my pretty girl. There's a young love, sick lad, so in love with a pretty man. When his arms hold her charms, he begins to sing words, I like, I Party girl, my head's a whirl. You're sweeter than molasses. Oh, you flattery box! Nice to see you. should be wearing
4: black
5: bears. Love is fine, but you're so divine, <laughs> you're to you won't be mine, dear. You're dear. words that will make you mine, dear. Promise me you will never leave me. Promise me you will never grieve me. Promise me you will not deceive me. You're my pretty
9: girl. Well, back to Mel Blanc again. To help Mr. Colby obtain a loan, Mel has promised to impersonate some rich foreign relatives, thereby hoping to impress Banker Grimes. Mel has left the fix-it shop to get the costumes he'll need. Meanwhile, the shop is in charge of his assistant, Zookie, who is now fixing a radio. Gee, uh, we, uh, uh, what a big radio. Hmm. It must be at least nine to 2 uh, Eight to be uh, Six to be
4: <laughs>
9: <laughs> Crystal <crab>. said... <laughs> Oh, oh, gee, it's got an automatic record, 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 an automatic record,
5: record,
9: record <laughs> it, it plays one record at a time. Suki, <laughs> let, let me... stay
5: away from that radio.
9: Look, Suki, help me get into this costume. I got, uh-oh, Mr. Cushing, my large president.
5: Hello there,
9: boo Well, greetings, Mighty Potentate. Ugga-Ugga-Boo, Ugga-Boo-Boo-Ugga. What's the matter, Mighty Potentate? You look like you haven't slept a wink. Well, Mel, last night I had a terrible nightmare for four hours. And then you woke up? No, then I went to sleep. My wife turned on the other side.
4: <laughs>
9: yeah, the way that woman snores.
4: <laughs> Sounds
9: like the last dregs of a seltzer bottle. Now I know why Richard won't open that
4: door.
9: Why don't you try using a clothespin? I did, Mel, but I couldn't squeeze her neck into that little opening. <laughs> Say, hey, how'd you ever come to meet your wife, Mighty potentate? Well, I'll tell you, Mel. It was a blind date. I'll never forget the first thing I said when I first saw her. What was that? Ah! I get it. She was a scream, huh? <laughs> well, wasn't she insulted when you did that? Oh, no, no. She'd been out on blind dates before. In fact, with her, a groan was a compliment. You still didn't have to marry her, did you? Well, Mel, it was a rebound thing, you see? I've been going out with another girl. Oh, I'll never forget her. Every night I used to whisper in her ear, Gwendolyn, I adore you. Gwendolyn, you're my dream girl. Gwendolyn, I'm mad about you. But she left me because of one slight mistake. What was that? Her name was Emma. (laughs)
4: Well, I don't
5: know why I'm standing here telling you all this. It's
4: just that I'm not going to
9: talk to. I know just how you feel, mighty potent. (laughs) If I don't help Mr. Colby impress Banker Grimes tonight, the Colbys may move and I may lose Betty. Lucky boy. Well, don't joke, Mr. Cushing. Would you want to be single all your life? Ha!
4: <laughs>
9: well, I've got to be going, Mel. I hope everything turns out all right at the Colby house. Well, thanks. Uh, where are you going? Well, I can do one or two things. I can go to the movies and see Duel in the Sun, or I can go home and fight in the shade. <laughs> Well, have a good time at the movies. Well, goodbye, Muddy Potentate. Hugga, a boo, a boo, boo, ugger So
5: long, man. Hugga, a boo, boo,
9: Well, now to get over to the Kobe house with these costumes. Gosh, it's going to be quite a job impersonating a bunch of rich foreign relatives. Betty, everything's going along fine. Yes, Father, and Mel should be here any minute. And if he does a good job with that foreign relative stuff, it should cinch the deal. Oh, leave it to Mel, Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Mr. Guy, did you enjoy the dinner? Ah, it was delicious. Of, of course, you didn't have to go to the trouble of baking a cake and having the icing spell out $8,000. <laughs> I got the point when the alphabet soup spelled out police. <laughs> yes. Now, about the loan, Mr. Grimes. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, have a cigar. Well, now, uh, Mr. Colby, I think the loan will go through. A cigar take the whole box. Well, there's just one point that we have to clear up. <laughs> well, go on, have a cigar. But I think we can overcome the point and get your hands up that bottle. Oh! <laughs> The, uh, ah, the question I want to ask you, Mister Corby, is, do you intend to take a trip outside the country?
5: Why, uh, no, no.
9: What makes you ask that? Well, now we had an unfortunate experience. We made a ten thousand dollar loan to a handkerchief manufacturer. Now we don't know whether or not it was the nature of the business. Why, what happened? In six months he blew. He blew.
4: Uh, <laughs> little, uh, a joke. <laughs>
9: See that he had a cousin in Ecuador, and now that's where he absconded. Now, I hope you don't have any relatives outside the country?
5: Oh, uh, why, uh, 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 no, of course not. Uh... Ah, bonsoir, bonsoir, <laughs> cousin, <code. Oop. laughs> got <the laughs> French dry cleaners. <laughs> now, uh, about the loan, Mr. Grimes. I'll, uh, I'll open it this time. I kiss you on both cheeks. <laughs> you stop that. <laughs>
9: Excuse me, what's going on here? Uh, I am Monsieur Colby's cousin. His cousin? Oui, oui, oui. Uh, Cousin Colby, when are you coming to visit with us? Uh, We are dying to see you. Uh, Cousin Colby, talk to me. (laughs) Cousin Colby, stop sharpening that razor. Pardon me, uh, what part of France are you from? Uh, London. (laughs) London is in England. Uh, Madrid? Madrid is in Spain. Uh, where is Pomona? Are you sure that you are a Frenchman? Oh, you do not believe me. I assure you. I roll up my pant leg. Voila, what you see? A hey, garter. What it says on the garter? That's it. That proves I am a Frenchman. <laughs> well, now, in that case, you'll surely understand what I'm saying. Jenny say quoi, vous voulez-vous, parlez-vous, vous, parlez vous vous <laughs> well, goodbye, cousin Colby The boat is leaving <laughs> Ah, Miss Corby, I don't like this I thought you had no relatives outside the country Now, uh, uh, Mr. Grimes I can explain everything Please excuse me just a minute Oh, uh, Betty, Betty yes, father Betty, we can't tell Mr. Grimes We've tried to deceive him But we must stop Mel. Oh, I'll
5: try, Father. <laughs>
9: is this where Senor Colby leaves?
5: <laughs> well, up I-, I have no relatives
9: in South America Oh, but Cousin Colby remember what we made up. I mean, how our families made up. Uh, pardon me. Are you one of Mr. Colby's South American relatives? see, I am a very rich bullfighter. I remember the last fight. We were in the middle of the arena. I look at the bull. The bull look at me. I look at the bull. The bull look at me. I look at the bull. The bull look at me. You want to know something? The bull is better looking than me. <laughs> Uh, What part of South America are you from? Uh, uh, Colombia. What part of Colombia? Eastern Colombia.
5: Whereabouts? Broadway at night. (laughs) Cousin Colby.
9: Cousin Colby. uh, I know you haven't seen me in ten years, but put me down.
5: All right.
9: Of course, take me back inside the window. (laughs) Call is that a way to treat a relative of yours? Now I want to talk to him. Sit him down, wine him, and dine him. I think I go now. Why? You said wine me, dine me. Cousin Colby looks like he wants to shave me. So long. <laughs> Colby, there's something highly irregular about this. Uh, now, please, Mr. Grimes, have a cigar. I, I never saw these relatives before. What did you say, Miss Colby? You would have a relative. I never saw these cigars before. Colby. Latuka's, and uh, regards from Uncle Patrick. Another relative? That's right, Kiro. I haven't seen Uncle Colby for ten years. Let's eat. You haven't seen him for 10 years and the first thing you want to do is eat that's right borscht is thicker than blood <laughs> now you interest me very much i've always wanted to <laughs> i've always wanted to obtain the first hand information about the ussr ussr oh oh i get it that's russia spelled backwards <laughs> ah,
4: <yeah. laughs>
9: I've always been very interested in the Russian experiment. What do you mean, experiment? I had a mother and father just like you did. (laughs) Yes. Now, uh, Jeff, what did you do in Russia? Uh, Me? I'm the greatest actor in Moscow. I play gangster parts. Listen. Give a listen, wise guy. See? From whom you're getting your vodka from whom? Huh? See? Whom? Huh? Whom? I was wonderful. Our great critic, Yasha Fiddler. he gave me the highest award. Four bulges and a boatman.
5: (laughs) Now, this has
9: gone far enough, Mr. Colby. And what I've seen tonight is enough. You're not getting any loan from my bank. Oh, oh, then give me back my cigar. And for making a fool out of me, I'm going to break every cigar in this box. Did you hear that, Mr. Colby? Yes, and for making a fool out of me, Mel Blank, I'm going to break every bone in your box. (laughs) So, Banker Grimes gave Mr. Colby the loan, and now your girl, Betty, won't have to leave town. Mel, that's wonderful. Yes, Professor Potchnick, for a minute, I thought I was going to be killed. Well, what saved you? Well, Mr. Grimes turned, uh, Grimes turned out to be an amateur actor himself, and, and he enjoyed my performance. A Potchnick pupil pleases people. And now, uh, you want the, I should act out the gangster again, eh? Uh, yeah. All right. Give a listen, wise guy, see? From who you getting your vodka from? Who ha? See? Fine. Well, is that what you wanted to learn, Mr. Grimes? Yes, Well, I'll see if I have it right. Give a listen, wise guy, see? From who you are getting your vodka from? Who ha?
5: Mel <laughs> Blank will be back in just a minute. <laughs> Use gate to powder, it's smiling just right. Use it each morning and use it each night. So take a chance with your romance. Use colgate to
9: powder. It's tragic, but true, that a little breath of trouble, I mean unpleasing breath, deprives many a girl of romance. Anyone can be a victim of unpleasing breath, even you so it's important always to be on your guard against this social handicap. That's why we recommend this daily practice. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder, for Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name Colgate tooth powder, with the accent on powder.
5: Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder.
9: This is Mel Blank saying thanks for listening. Good night, Andy. The 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 that's all, folks. And this is Bud Easton reminding you that Colgate tooth powder for a of sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc show every Tuesday at this time. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you meet in Mel Blanc's fix-it Shop. Say hello to Halo shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural lustre of your hair with dulling soap film. But Halo shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather quickly banishes loose sanders and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to Dulling's soap film. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic company. Ladies, now more and more fats and oils are needed to make more and more of the things we need so badly. Your butcher pays you a high price for every pound of waste fat you take to him. So do fill it in and turn it in. Remember, Mel Blanc at the same time every Tuesday night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.